Hi, I'm Steve. I'm Simon. And welcome to the Business Ideas Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Business and Beers. Simon and I are super excited today to be speaking to Jared LaRosse. Um, just to give you guys a bit of background, Jared and I went to school together. I think he was in the grade below me. Since then, a few years later, me and him got in touch with each other actually in the beginning of this year. I heard a little bit of Jared's um, history and what he's been doing after school. Um, and it was just a great catch up in general. So I thought it'd be great um, to have Jared on the show with us today. Jared, so tell us a little bit about yourself and then one random fact that not many people will know about Jared. Uh, so the curveball. Um, yeah, how's it guys? Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Just a little bit about myself. Um, yeah, so I am a 25-year-old entrepreneur. Um, I run my own digital marketing agency called Level Up Media. I call it an agency because obviously, ideally, that's the direction I would like it to go in. Uh, at the moment, it's a one-man show, and I'm very proud to own that fact. Uh, I'm very proud to be wearing all of the different hats that come with running a business as well as offering a service-based business to my clients um yeah as steven touched on we uh, we went to school together you are 100 correct you were in the grade above me um i think we even played hockey together at one stage through high school uh i played for like one year not my sport definitely yours i remember you being very great at it um and then yeah we uh we never really stayed in touch too much after school but i know that um i kept a relatively close eye on you um from afar i never knew in high school that we uh you know had so many similar interests and we were very lucky um, and it was really cool to sort of see that play out um, you know after we left school as you went through tea as I went in my direction um, and yeah just really cool to be reconnecting now I mean what seven years eight years later um, so yeah I've really enjoyed that um, yeah a little bit more about myself I am a bit of a mixed bag left uh, high school Tried to study a business management degree through UNISA. Realized very quickly that studying just is not for me. Um, well, actually not realized very quickly. I'd always known that, to be honest. I um, I was studying more to keep my, my father happy. And I always knew that I would a business would be an entrepreneur. Um, I am all about taking calculated risks. I do not like playing by the rules or following the status quo at all. Um, I'm always there to challenge it and go off in my own direction. Um, and that's pretty much been the case ever since I was a child. Um, so, yeah, I think dropped out of UNISA three years in business, um, which was went relatively well. Um, Started another two after that, which absolutely failed. And full business, two absolute flops. And I was back to square one, needing um, to find a job, essentially. Um, so, yeah, went out, found a job, uh, worked in the fitness industry for two and a half years. Um, and very recently landed up uh, resigning to start Level Up Media, which is now my digital marketing agency. One random fact about myself. One random fact. One random fact about myself. Oh, man, you put me on the spot there. Uh, uh, One random fact about myself. I was one of the very first people in South Africa to get hands on the final Harry Potter book in the series. Um, I forget. It was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Um, at that stage, uh, because the Harry Potter book launches were such a worldwide hyped up event, um, I think for the last three or two or three books in the series, um, the publishers had come to an agreement with bookstores worldwide that uh, the final book or, or the book that was being launched at the time could only be released to customers at midnight in those respective countries on the launch date. Um, at that stage, my dad ran a Nemo's at Mallet Carnival. Um, I'm actually not too sure if I'm supposed to be talking about this, to be honest, because I know okay. back then it was like, I don't think illegal, but it was definitely against publishers' rules. Um, my dad owned a Mimo's back Harry then. Harry Potter fans uh, won't follow you, eh? 
hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah, so he owned a Mimos and uh, he managed to bribe the uh, the 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 staff at the CNA at Mola Carnival with like fifteen large pizzas for like four staff that were on duty and, and uh, gave me the book. Sorry, what is that? And a Coke. I, I probably actually, I think every two pizzas came with a two liter cool drink. So there are probably like seven two liter cool drinks there. Um, yeah, I landed up getting the book at like three o'clock in the afternoon and they gave it to me. I mean, how old was I then? I was in like grade six or grade seven, something like that. Um, so to me, I like all wrapped up in brown paper, uh, put it in a bag and told me to walk directly from CNA to the car and hide it under the, under the seat so that nobody could see it at all. Um, yeah, I ended up going back to my dad's house in Centurion and I was reading the book at like seven, eight o'clock in the evening when most people were getting their hands on it at midnight, which was pretty cool. Um, one other quick random fact about me, I have been arrested before. I'll leave it at that. Sure. They'll have to get in touch with uh, Level Up Media to find out more why he was arrested. <laughs> cool. So, Jared, tell us a little bit about yourself. You obviously had, um, if I remember correctly, you had the two, you ran the one successful business, you had the two that failed, and then you went into being employed again. Tell us a little bit about that mind shift that you had to go through. You had obviously being the boss to reporting into a boss, or were you in a senior management level, you didn't have a boss. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it was a bit of a, a bit of an odd one. Um, when I made the decision to look for a job again, um, it was partly due to, you know, needing some sort of financial stability, but more than anything, it was down to the fact that for about two, two and a half years, um, doing my own thing from my mom's house at that stage, I was very much on my own, you know, late teens, early 20s. Um, I, I didn't have any sort of interaction with any colleagues or management or any staff whatsoever. Um, so it was a bit of a bit of that and a bit of needing some financial stability. Um, I actually landed up reaching out to to the the owner of the company that I landed up working at, and I said to him, you know, um, I'd met him at a staff party before because my girlfriend works at that same company. Um, you know, could we maybe just have a bit of an interview, have a bit of a chat? Maybe there's a position available for me. And um, his response to me was, uh, he recalls meeting me. Uh, there is a position for me at the company, but he thinks we should maybe go off and start our own thing because he recalls me being very entrepreneurial minded, um, very like-minded, similar to him. So let's maybe explore any possible business opportunities that we could go into together um, because he felt I would get bored very quickly in an employee role. So I met him for lunch um, at a bug and bean. We jotted down a few business ideas, decided on one that we were going to go into, and we actually landed up starting a business together. Um, him, myself, the general manager of the company, the sales manager of the company, um, and we embarked on a, I think it was about a three or four month process of um, getting product samples, getting packaging done, designs, getting the business registered, the whole shebang. Um, and we were just about ready for launch. Um, at that stage, there was a, a month window where we needed products to be manufactured before we could actually launch the online store and get going with business. And um, at that stage, I was earning a salary through the company that we started. And I said to him, well, there's nothing for me to do for the next month. We um, got everything ready. Let me maybe just come help out at the company, the other company that, that he owned um, for the next month just to learn a couple of things. One thing led to the next and um, pretty much him and his management team at the company decided, no, they, uh, they wanted me on board there for the time being. Um, one or two of the investors in the business we were starting had to pull out, unfortunately, and we were left with the decision, do I carry on with this new entrepreneurial venture with him um, without the other investors on board? Or do I rather pursue a, an opportunity as an employee at the company um, and see where that takes us? So I started out um, learning how to run the online store at that point. Um, and very quickly, just me being myself, you know, I had a lot of opinions about the marketing, a lot of interest in the marketing, um, had a lot of ideas and landed up chatting to the marketing manager at that stage. Um, I think in a couple of months, I was moved over to the marketing team. Um, from there became digital marketing manager. Soon after that became marketing manager. And uh, yeah, two and a half years later, I decided to to resign from the company. So yeah, 
Um, so I, just to take a step back, so obviously, um, you know, you highlighted some key points there, one being that you were kind of faced with the decision to either move ahead with the entrepreneurial journey or, you know, kind of become like a fixed employee, if you can call it. Um, just to give like our listeners an indication, I mean, what age were you when that decision, when you were faced with that decision? Um, okay, let me just do a quick calculation. Yeah, I think at that point I was 22, yeah, 22 years old And, I, and I mean, when I came to that. In, in terms of that decision, because I think that's what a lot of people are faced with, uh, like you were saying earlier on in the in the episode, where you, I think a lot of people get stuck in two journeys. You get this like fixed salary journey or entrepreneurial salary journey. And obviously each one has its pros and cons. Fixed salary, 100%. you know what I'm getting every month and you know your risk is like very limited. Entrepreneurial journey, you might not be guaranteed every month, but your you, if you can call it risk first reward is uh, like significantly higher. Um, but I mean, in terms of that, you know, being a 22 year old, like what did you lean on for that decision? I mean, was it purely based on the, like the influence of the people around you, kind of your long-term goal? You know, can you give us like a little bit more on that? Yeah, 100%. So it, it wasn't uh, an easy decision to make um, because naturally I've just always wanted to go off and do my own thing. And I think when you've been that way your whole life, it's very easy to um, always choose to go off in that direction. But I had a bit of a think about it. And the reason I decided to rather opt for the stability, opt for the fixed salary um, was largely due to the fact that I had met a couple of the employees at this company that were in senior management that I identified I could really learn from them. If I spent a year or two working under them, working alongside them, um, I could learn skills that I didn't have, you know, in my arsenal up until that point. And um, I could network with people that um, were funny enough in a similar position to me in the sense that yes, they were older than me. They were all about 10 years older than me or so, but they were very um, entrepreneurial minded as well. They weren't really, you know, sheep just following the herd. Um, they each led their respective departments um, because they were entrepreneurial minded, because they were leaders, because they had teams under them that they could influence and point in the right direction. Um, so yeah, I figured that I could really learn from them and why not take a step back for a year or two and um, use that to my advantage. Yeah, I love that. And it's, for me, it's the analogy of um, when you're going on an entrepreneurial journey, right? It's, it's, for me, most of the time when you started, it's a lot about investments, right? So it, it can either be you need to invest capital into your business, but what you did there, and I, I don't even know if you realize it, maybe you did, but you invested into your business. You invested into your entrepreneurial journey, but with knowledge. You knew um, that you couldn't, um, maybe, I, I think you could study, but you didn't want to study. But you knew by engaging with these different parties, you are going to gain the knowledge that's going to help you on your entrepreneurial journey later. And I think that's really important for people. You've got to be selfish, if I can call it that. Because when you make those decisions, you need to think, okay, how is this going to benefit me, not just now, but in four years' time, three years' time? I don't know. Maybe you did know that you'll eventually one day end up in a business. And that was a great decision you made there. You know, we never know. Maybe you went in that other business and you would have been a multi, multi-millionaire now. But I think it's important there, I just want to mention to the listeners, that investments can be cash and then you investing yep. into yourself as well. 100%. So let's um, chat about then you obviously now in this role, you're now quite high up digital marketing manager. Things are going well. Um, I think if, if uh, I stand in a correction, but you're there for two and a half years, what made you now then decide this is not the role for me or what happened? Yeah. So um, look, a lot of outside influences um, that just so happened to sort of correlate with the timeline along the lines of, you know, uh, when I decided to resign, a couple of things played out and changes in the company. But um, ultimately what happened, to put it in a nutshell, is in February of this year, 2020, I had laser surgery done on my eyes, um, which essentially forced me into a week and a half, two-week break from the company for the first time in the two and a half years that I'd worked there. Um, even when I took leave, even when I went to holiday, um, you know, e-commerce doesn't sleep, digital marketing doesn't sleep. So like I was literally to give you an idea on uh, at six o'clock in the morning on 1st of January this year, I was parked off at the guest house in Belito, 
um, activating the 2020 New Year's specials on the online store. Um, you, you never, you know, switch off. And this was the first time in two and a half years that I was forced to take a break away from the company because I wasn't allowed to look at devices, couldn't open my phone, couldn't open my eyes actually. So even if I wanted to, I couldn't, couldn't get it right. And it gave me a lot of time to think. And um, yeah, I pretty much decided that, you know what, I had achieved what I wanted to achieve by being in a, I don't want to call it a corporate environment, but a more secure environment. Um, I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve. I'd learned what I wanted to learn. I had had um, achieved the sort of financial independence that I was looking to achieve by doing that. And a lot more comfortable going off and doing my own thing now than I did three years. Um, although the same ambition was years prior, I didn't necessarily know how to um, pull myself through the, you know, any entrepreneurial journey is going to come with highs and lows. And I didn't necessarily have the know-how to pull myself through the lows at that point. Whereas now I felt equipped to do that. I knew that I would be able to enjoy the highs and I would be able to pull myself through the lows and launch myself back up to new heights. Um, so yeah, it was pretty much just the decision that I came to because I was finally able to take a break away from the company and I was able to reflect on what it is that I wanted to achieve in life. And I could, you know, make the decision to go ahead and do that. I think you, you raised like a very valid point there and something which I think a lot of us actually just completely don't do. And that's whether you in your entrepreneurial journey, whether you work for someone. And I think that's, that's actually like a core principle for everybody throughout life is that um, I think with economies and the way things are running now is we actually living in a 24 seven lifestyle, you know, um, there's a lot 100%. of, years, if you look at careers that are like getting built up now is people are actually specializing in breaking you away and you watch documentaries on Netflix and YouTube and all of this about like, actually, yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny. I mean, this might be a long winded thing, um, but like the industry that I work in, we speak a lot about like a disconnected factory and you now speak about a smart factory and connecting everything like that. But I think that's actually the core problem with a lot of people nowadays is we too connected. Um, you know, you, you've got your mobile device, you're going to bed, you're looking at it, you're getting notifications. And I think it's actually um, when you take a step back and I often find that when I go to bed at night, I, I take like a book and I start reading and two pages in, I'm falling asleep. And I think that that's exactly that is that because you're so switched on, your mind is running at 300 miles an hour and you're not actually taking the time to process your day, your week, your year. And exactly like you said, I think until you get to a point where you can actually shut down, start reflecting on what's happening, you're going to get a lot more unique insights into the way people are treating you into the direction that you need to go. And once you start actually combating your internal thoughts, um, I think your direction becomes a lot clearer. And um, yeah, that was actually funny. You said you went for eye surgery and it's like the first song that popped up to my head was I can see clearly now. Um, but, <laughs> 100%. But, I, but I think that's the thing is sometimes, you know, and, and that maybe leads into this whole entrepreneurial thing is that certain things happen in your path. And a lot of the times we look at it and go like, oh, great, this happened and my life sucks. Um, but certain things happen with a purpose. And, you know, if you never had that eye surgery, you could have been working at this organization for another year, completely demotivated, and you actually miss our opportunity. But by taking a step back, actually, and, and you know, we'll chat about it a little bit later, but like you said in the beginning, like calculated risks, you know, having that uh, opportunity to look at what the game plan looks like, and then almost putting that strategy out there and seeing how that will unfold. Yeah, I was trying to add on to that, Simon. It's something I did this week. Um, I've also, I've removed all notifications off of Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You know, those little red things of hell. I saw um, you were going to do that. I yeah, saw you were about yeah, to tweet. I thought that's and a brilliant idea. A difference. It's made such a difference to me because when I want to then go onto Facebook, I go onto Facebook and get my notifications. We're speaking about this whole connected world. And the problem is even now, I'm trying to make a conscious effort. Yes, I'm also an entrepreneur, but I'm trying to make a conscious effort not to read my emails after six or seven at night and I can get to it in the morning. I also own a digital marketing agency, but we, we're always getting this thing that I need to reply to the email now. I need to reply to the customer now. We're not hot surgeons. No one's going to die if yeah. we reply to the email in the morning. So yeah, let's, let's chat a little bit about Level Up Media. I want to chat, get, divulge what you can, divulge what you can't. But now you've just said to us, you've now financially independent, um, or while you've got the financial goal that you wanted to start a business. 
what did that figure look like? Was it now three months of uh, Jared's salary that he could cover without making an income? Or, or what for you was the financial backing that you needed? Yeah, so 100%. I'm actually, as much as I'd love to say it was, you know, three months of my salary that I could cover, it was actually probably closer to a uh, month and a half, two months if I push it. Reason being, um, me resigning was, you know, very sort of, and it, it was an impulsive decision um, because of the way the situation played out and the way circumstances went. I wasn't actually able to work my month's notice. Reason being, um, literally a week after I phoned, so I actually phoned the owner of the company pretty much two days after I could open my eyes. I still wasn't back at work. I phoned him to let him know that I would be resigning and we had a chat about it. Um, the agreement at that point was obviously I'd be working a month's notice. Um, but literally a week after I returned back to work, we found out that we were all going into lockdown as a country. Um, so yeah, obviously immediately I'll start panicking because I've now made the decision to resign from my company and start my own business. Um, when a, I suppose we were kind of in a recession already at that point, but when a worldwide recession was on our, you know, on our doorstep um, and we were going into lockdown with all of that uncertainty and I immediately was left with two decisions. Number one, do I panic? Or number two, do I just embrace this? I understand that we're all in the same boat and it's up to me to make it happen. Um, so yeah, it was about a month and a half, two months worth of salary that I had saved up for myself um, because I've always believed that, you know, I'm going to make things happen for myself. Uh, I like to, I don't want to say live on the wild side, but I like to put myself in an uncomfortable position where I'm left with no other choice other than to just make it happen for myself. And I didn't want to give myself too much of a cushion for that reason. Um, so yeah, I landed up doing that. And funny enough, the way things played out, um, it's going to sound odd to say, but I can almost say that um, what I was able to do because of lockdown helped ease my financial burden, which sort of prolonged those savings for perhaps another month or two. And I'll give you an example. Um, with lockdown coming our way, all of the employees at the company got a, everyone was put on um, unpaid leave at that stage. And uh, that included me because I was still in my month's notice period. And um, so we, number one, got a letter that allowed us to um, apply for the TERS funding, which I got. And number two, I was able to use that letter as proof to any of my credit companies. Um, not, not my credit card, but my vehicle finance, uh, I was able to show to my landlords and essentially get a reduction in my rent as well as get my vehicle finance put on hold for three months, which helped me a lot because what that actually did for me was free up some funds that I'd saved that would have gone towards those debts anyway or towards those expenses. And I was able to put it straight into my business immediately off the bat and essentially use it as capital for my business, ironically enough. I think um, it's actually funny enough, I've been reading a book by Chris Voss um, around the whole thing of negotiating and the relevance that I actually pulled in is he speaks about this thing. So he's a FBI negotiator and gets put in like okay. hectically tense situations of life or death. And he's ultimately the person that saves someone from dying. Um, but he actually said exactly what you were saying earlier on, where you almost face with when you get in a tense situation, there's two things that will happen. Number one, you're going to freak out and the situation is going to become 10 times worse. The second one is you can take a deep breath, look at the situation and kind of say, okay, great. These are the facts. And like, it's actually really cool, you know, what you're saying now, because that's the thing is, I think so much of the time we kind of get in that um, fight mode and we don't actually utilize that energy, take the deep breath and actually look at what the strategy is. Um, again, like, like I said earlier on, you know, you speak about these calculated risks. I think what we need to do is actually take a step back, realize the situation you're in, take a deep breath. And exactly like you're saying, now you get this letter, a lot of people would have just been like, okay, freak out mode, run 3,000 miles ahead. Um, but like you're actually saying, okay, great, let me use this letter. Let me look at my cards. Okay, cool. I can reduce my rent. I can stop my car payments. And like you actually got this little strategy that you're building. And it's because of that simple fact that you just take a deep breath and you say, okay, shit. Like, I mean, shit. How do I get out of it? Boom, this is my yep. mood. Instead of going like, I'm in shit. Ah. No, no 100% sink or swim. I mean, at the end of the day, nobody's coming to save you. I think it's very important for anybody that has their own sort of entrepreneurial dreams or 
anything when it comes to any form of independence in life, you have to understand that nobody's coming to save you. This is your life. It's yours to live. Um, you know, you chances are that if you went off in the entrepreneurial direction, you went against mom and dad's wishes at some point in your life because nine times out of 10, they probably wanted you to study and follow the corporate path. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, if you've made that decision to go against what they wanted you to do you also don't necessarily have the right to turn back to them and say i'm drowning now please save me like you made that decision learn to swim otherwise you're sinking end of story and um yeah i think that that is also something that maybe um was different about me now when i'm ready to start my own business versus three four years ago when i tried the first time is at that point you know you're still feeling like okay if i do crumble if i do fall apart i'm going to turn to mom and dad and they're going to pull me out of this whereas now i was in the position where i understand if i really get into a bad life situation you know my family is there my support system is there but if it is self-inflicted if it's as a result of something i chose to do or a path i chose to take um that's the last resort for me it's up to me to make it happen for myself and i'm quite comfortable with that fact now which to me is empowering it's what allows me to take the road i want to take and direction i want to go yeah, definitely. And I think just to add on to that, so my, my entrepreneurial story looks a bit different because I obviously married a financial planner. So I had to have a lot of numbers and um, all the T's crossed and the I's dotted for me to start this journey. So I was fortunate enough, I had six months um, saved up salary and I said, I can earn zero and I'll be able to sustain for six months. I then as well, during that process, found investors into my business. And I just quickly want to chat around that. I think an investor is important to me in two aspects. They obviously invested in my business financially to own equity in my business, but two, they also add value in my business. So you can't just come 100%. in and expect to give me money and you get money out of the business. I need to then go sure. into advice. This was my first business. So um, the investor that I've done, they've had a number of businesses and invested in a number of businesses. So they therefore advice and that also aided me then to take that six months to 12 months. Um, but the great thing about this story is I never even touched that money. I still haven't even touched it. It's, it's still sitting in our savings account. And I think the reason why is because I had the mentality that you did when you started. I was like, the money's there, but I don't want to touch it. I want to, my first month, I said, for me to be a successful entrepreneur, I need to make a profit every month. Um, and I, okay. said to, I said to partners that I work with and even my wife, I said, my profit can be a hundred rand or 10 million rand. As long as I make a profit every month, I cover my um, expenses um, and my income's higher than my expenses. That's great. So chat to us now a little bit. You've obviously been, if you left this in March, what's that? Six months being your own boss. You've mentioned yep. working on your own. Let's, let's chat a little bit about that and dive into it because obviously now Jared's the salesman, Jared's the campaign manager, Jared's the web dev, if you're doing web dev by yourself. 100%. Consultant. So is it a lonely road? Does it get difficult? Um, have you had a low, an extreme low yet? Tell us about that. Yeah, so definitely, you know, I think um, entrepreneurship and going off on your own is a, a lonely road regardless. And then as soon as you now pair it with a lockdown where everybody's alone anyway inside their own houses, um, I'm not a bit of a, a two-way street, right? It, it can either be a recipe for disaster because it's loneliness compounded with loneliness, or it's uh, a bit of a sort of balance, I guess, because it's the loneliness you're experience, experiencing from being an entrepreneur versus the fact that, well, everyone's actually going through the moment so you really no difference um but i think for the most part definitely a, a lonely road and um, especially because you know i'm the one who makes all the decisions i'm the one who implements all the changes from clients um i must be very honest i haven't found myself needing to be um i suppose you are a sales at the end of the day but not necessarily called uh, traffic or cold prospects reason being i just want to touch on this very quickly is um one of the the points I made about working with um, the people that I did at my previous company and the fact that they're entrepreneurial minded in that, um, they've actually gone off and started their own businesses as well. Um, and when I started Level Up Media, they actually are the guys that are responsible for sending me my first six or seven clients, funny enough. Um, which is amazing because it's as a result of working alongside them for a couple of years, networking with them, staying in touch with them. 
And um, if it wasn't for them, you know, I probably wouldn't have had, I don't want to say I had an easy start, but it would have been a lot more difficult, no doubt about it, because I would have had to go into hard sales mode immediately. Whereas it's a lot easier to try, you know, when it's from a, a client, if you've already got someone backing you, if you've got someone that's sort of, you know, offering you that, uh, that, that uh, sort of testimonial, I guess, to the way that you operate. Um, but uh, yeah, look, definitely a lonely path, definitely a challenging one. Uh, every single day is different to, to the previous day. Um, obviously comes with a whole bunch of admin and you know, taxes and don't even get me started on all of that, that you suddenly have to find yourself dealing with. Two things that I wanted to touch on that, that you actually highlight, which I think is so important for a lot of people now coming out of lockdown. And I think a lot of people have really been impacted with a huge amount of uncertainty. And it's something that we've discussed quite extensively. But um, the two things that like, I pick up which are critical is, number one, your mindset. And one thing that I really pick up is you know, you've looked at a lot of situations and your mindset is kind of what takes you through. Um, you know, you, you'll always be faced with decisions, but it's the, the way that you, if you can call it overcome the decision, um, you know, that's all up to you. No one's going to change your mindset. And exactly like you say, you know, yes, it is lonely and I can look at it as lonely path, or I can actually say, great, I've got a lot more time to sit, strategize, think about what my plan is. Um, and I think that's something that people need to actually take ownership of is no one can influence your mind. No one can influence what you think. Yes, there's external factors and whatever, but I mean, ultimately at the end of night, when you're lying in bed and there's no one around you, you know, it's your mindset that determines, am I going to learn? Am I going to grow? Um, and then I think the, the second thing which people actually don't fully utilize or actually understand is a network. Um, like you've actually sure. seen, um, you know, having a really strong network around you and actually just building relationships, exactly like you say, um, you know, you've actually got a completely free stream of marketing, a, a free stream of sales leads. And actually you've got 100% call it a sales team and people maybe don't understand like leveraging the network that you've got, because if you leverage the network that you've got, I mean, uh, you know, maybe just give us an indication, like for example, I've got, let's say 2,100, um, you know, connections that I've got on LinkedIn. Essentially, that's wow. 2,100 okay. extra touch points that I've got, um, you know, for my business. And, you know, yes. maybe people don't actually fully understand that, but it, it's so critical to maintain good relationships with your network, maintain good relationships with friends, with family, um, because at the end of the day, your quicker sell, and, we, you know, we've done calculations at my company, we've looked at everything in detail. Your most successful sure. lead generation source and most successful business is your referral network, hands down. Yes. The people that are in your network are going to promote your business and you actually don't need anything because that person says, hey, Steve, what you need to chat to Jared. He's got a really great company. I'm going to be like, okay, cool. Hey, I'm the Jared. We need to chat. You've got a good business. Yeah, sure. I just want to add one key point there. I think a lot of people come to me as also only a digital marketing agency and they're like, Steve, what is the most successful marketing? And I say to them, guys, word of mouth marketing. If you, sell, if you can sell one product and someone really enjoys that product and they sell it to your friends, that's the best type of marketing. And the biggest struggle with word of marketing, it's normally hard work and dedication. You know, there's no marketing strategy or digital marketing strategy that can get you word no. of mouth marketing. But, and, and I just want to, add on that quickly it was when we spoke in the beginning about investing you know there you invested in your knowledge but now look you invested in a network um that was uh benefiting now I'm, I'm thinking back now as well and my first client as well was from word of marketing now and um we've actually just signed a huge retainer and the way we got it was uh, we had to go through pitch processes but we got into the room with a pitch process because of word of mouth so yeah i think okay. um just on the back of that, so now you've got these clients, we're just chatting about the lonely road. Have you hit a sure. specific low that you can remember or is it just now you, you're coasting well? No, so I think, look, very, I'm very, very incredibly blessed. Um, ever since I've started Level Up Media, it's been growing month on month. Um, it took me two months to fully cover my previous company's salary. And um, now I'm pretty much completely in the green, which is great. So I'm very lucky, very blessed. Um, 100%, I'll be honest, you know, in my personal life, personal mindset, um, 
I've definitely hit a couple of lows there for a variety of reasons that I'm trying to sort out and figure out and deal with. But as far as business is concerned, um, no, it's at the moment, luckily enough, smooth sailing, which um, I'm very excited about because the fact that I was able to, to start and build a company um, through lockdown, through a time of uncertainty for businesses, you know, where, let's be honest, I mean, most businesses, the first thing that they're giving up when they're cutting costs is their marketing. It's probably the last thing that they should be cutting back on, but very often it's the first. And um, I have clients that are willing to take the chance from the get-go and they've stuck by the side And um, yeah, look, looking forward to a very bright future ahead now, because as we come out of lockdown, as the economy starts to grow again, as business owners start to invest in their businesses again and invest more in their marketing. Um, I'm the kind of guy that just always sees that there's opportunity everywhere, no matter what, there's always something that you can, um, you know, you can turn any situation into a positive situation. And I suppose more than anything, you can turn negative situations into opportunity, right? Because that's when most people are sitting back and saying, well, there's nothing for me here. There's no opportunity. And that's when, you know, the guys like us, the rare few can really say, okay, cool. Now it's just a land grab. There's opportunity everywhere for us. Uh, I actually wanted to take you back because, I mean, that it's, like, it's such an incredible story to, you know, hear, you know, your journey of how you've gone and how successful it is. So one thing you said earlier on, and I think a lot of people are kind of stuck in this um, place. I mean, for me, you know, I can easily say that it definitely does cross my mind. But like you said earlier on, calculated risk. I mean, can you elaborate more on how, how you kind of went through this journey? Because it's kind of like a juxtaposition. Um, you know, calculated means safe, risk, unsafe. How do I now merge you know, earlier on, you said going through these calculated risks, like what was your mindset going through this was, can you maybe just explain, I know you've gone through like your journey, but what were some of the calculated risks that you took and like, how did you go through that? How do you define a calculated risk in, in your journey? Yeah. So I think, I think the end of your question is probably where the key point is, right? How do I define a calculated risk? And I know that a lot of people, perhaps, you know, guys like Steve, for instance, would probably define it as um, maybe more of a actual, you know, calculation. If I go down this path, X, Y, Z, and um, you know, it brings me zero returns, but I've invested so much into it. Is it going to be worth it? Isn't it going to be worth it? Is it going to drain? Is it not? Whatever the case is for me, to be very brutally honest, um, when I say take a calculated risk, it's really just down to not being reckless, not doing anything that absolutely doesn't make sense um, and not going based off um, a wish. You know, if, if everything sort of stacks against you and you're still going to uh, take that risk, then I don't think that was a very clever move to make. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, if it's pretty much, I would say if it's 49.51, and not in the way you would think. If there's a 49% chance of it succeeding and a 51% chance of it failing, that is perhaps my limit. That is where I would then go for it um, because then it's up to me to sort of swing the balance or swing it over you know, that 2% mark where it's now 51% in my favor and 49% against me. It's up to me to do what an entrepreneur does, do what a go-getter does, swing it in my favor and then sort of ride the momentum to make the decision worth it. And I think maybe this is like a key message to some of the listeners that are out there. I think uh, looking at the economy the way that it is now, you know, it's, it's abundantly clear that like a recovery plan for a lot of businesses is it's just not going to happen. A lot of big corporates are shrinking their budgets or cutting people. I mean, I was reading stats the other day and it's probably changed now completely with two and a half million unemployed people that are now obviously trying to jump into, um, you know, the job market. So if there is someone looking at getting in a company now, you know, let, exactly like you're saying now, you know, your, your chance maybe was a 60% of getting in a business has now dropped down to like a 25%. But, and I speak from my personal experience, you know, working for an employer, being in an organization, not uh, being in an entrepreneurial journey. And I think that's a lot of the time people, almost get stuck on this mark of I need to make a calculated risk, but I actually want to do all my sums. So it's like two plus two plus four plus two is 10. Okay. Once I get to 10, then I add another five, but 
sometimes I think people actually overthink this thing. And yes, there are calculated risks. Yes, there are certain factors. You know, if you're earning 500 bucks a month and you lose your job and you're not going to eat and your family suffers, great. You need to be a lot more conservative. Yeah. But I think a lot yes. of people actually try to put too many calculations. You know, it's, it's like that accounting and maths where if you've got two on this side, you need two on this side. And I think a lot of people wait for that equation to happen. But sometimes you actually need to just yep. put an action plan in place where if you feel like it's a good idea, yes. exactly like you say, the odds are looking more in favor that it will be successful. You actually just need to take the plunge and stop trying to overcalculate something that's very simple. Two plus two is four. You know, don't go two plus two is five minus the one, carry over the two, then the algebra people come out and then you know, 100%. Don't that maths kind of get cocked up there. <laughs> yeah, I think... No, you, you, just to add on there quickly is not enough, not enough of us understand the probability of probability, if that makes sense. You know, yep. what I mean? like Simon yep. said, trying to make very um, the far numbers add up to something, but you don't know the probability of something becoming a success. And our biggest yes. struggle, I think, um, being an entrepreneur is we all have a very skewed um, image of an entrepreneur, right? We have all a skewed yep. image of an entrepreneur has a big house fancy cars, has three Maseratis, two Ferraris. When an entrepreneur is just someone that's managing to manage this very complex thing that's called a business, as you mentioned, taxes and all of that. And like you said, a lot of people, when I started my own entrepreneurial journey, money was important to me, right? But the freedom and not having to work for an agency and work ridiculous hours was more important to me, yes. right? So now how do I yes. add number or value to my happiness and my time? And for example, I'm going away this weekend. I didn't have to ask nobody for leave, right? I could just 100%. go away. You know, that's some stuff that you can't add a value onto it. I don't know yes. if you have something else yeah. to add to that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that completely. And I think, um, you know, just touching on what you guys have, have mentioned there is um, it's going to sound a little bit harsh to those of your listeners who think they are entrepreneurs or who think they want to be entrepreneurs but maybe aren't because at the end of the day, in my opinion, I don't think it's something that can be taught. You either cut from that cloth or you're not. Yes, maybe you realize it at a different stage in your life, um, but you either cut from that cloth or not ultimately. But what I want to say is that those people who say they want to achieve X, Y, Z or go from this direction and then suddenly they start doing all of the calculations and like you say, X plus Z and this and the next thing, to me, they're actually just searching for a reason that it's not going to work. They're searching for a reason to say, no, I'm not going to go off and move. I'm not going to go do this. I'm not going to take this jump. I'm not going to take this leap. Whereas in my opinion, a true entrepreneur, they will always have a couple of reasons to not go off and do what it is that they want to do hundred percent. But at the end of the day, they only need two things in their favor, two reasons to go off in that direction. In my opinion, number one, is this a spur of the moment thing or is this something that I know in my heart of hearts, I've always wanted to go from this direction and now it's crunch time. Now's the decision. Now's the time to make the decision. Am I going to go from this direction or not? And number two, do I believe in myself? Do I back myself? Am I trusting myself? And am I willing to sacrifice whatever it takes, go do whatever it takes to make my dreams a reality at the end of the day with the understanding that sacrifices are short-term they're short-lived you know if i decide that i'm going to not go out to the pub uh for another friday night for the next six months because i'm going to rather stay home and work on my side hustle it's six months right it's not the rest of my life it's six months worth of sacrifice to build the rest of my life to make the rest of my life um you know find that alignment between my dreams and reality um so yeah, I think when it comes down to calculated risks and any risk in general, in my opinion, um, those that want to make it happen are going to make it happen. And very often than not, they're probably going to um, justify it somehow, right? I mean, it's like, for instance, I, when I went and bought myself um, a new iPad, um, there was no real reason to do that. I didn't really need it. Definitely not. But I wanted it. I could afford it. 
And trust me, I found a way to justify it. I, I made it happen. I found a way to justify it, even though everybody in my life probably would have told me not to do it. And I think on a, on a grand scale, that's the same when it comes to deciding you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to start your own business. Everything can be, can be stacked up in your favor, but if you can find a legitimate way to justify it and you believe that this is the direction you're meant to be going in, you will make it happen for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I think you well, you hit the nail on the head. And I, and I think sometimes people need to be okay with the fact is a, a lot of people now are pushing this entrepreneurial journey and side hustle. And But I think sometimes people also need to be okay with the fact is, like you said, some people are not going to be an entrepreneur and that's okay. It's okay exactly, 100%. It's okay to grow up in corporate because the thing is the economy needs these two different groups of people. We need yes. the corporates, we need the businesses, we need the CEO with 25 years of experience and that's fine. And Entrepreneurs need employees, right? Exactly. But yeah, 100%. That's where I think people, and that kind of touches on something else that I wanted to say and I think these things work hand in hand. We, we live in an age of information. And there's actually too much information available today. And I think that's what hinders a lot of people now because um, I'll, I'll give you a practical example. So, uh, you know, myself being in, in a sales role, um, we work throughout Africa. We've got international partners and our head office is based in, uh, in the States. So the States okay. now pushes down. You need to follow two specific sales process. We call it medic. You call it band. And this process needs to be followed like religiously with every single client. You've got your deck. But that's, I think, where a lot of people slip up. And, and we've seen it in the sales process now is that a lot of people are trying to find a process or a piece of information for the decision that you need to make. What you need to understand is that a process or information is dependent on how you actually, um, how you interpret that information. So in our organization, we've taken medic, we've taken band, and we've actually created a hybrid approach that works for us. And, and maybe that's where people okay. miss it nowadays is that take the information that you get, read the information, apply certain pieces. You might read a 300-page book, but only one page is relevant for your situation now. Yes. Apply yes. that one page because I think what's happening now is we're kind of getting pushed this message and uh, you know people now say, well, if I'm not happy in my corporate job, I need to become an entrepreneur. Uh, my entrepreneurial journey didn't work. I need to go back into corporate what you need to do is actually take the pieces of information which are relevant to your situation, determine what you actually want out of life, and then understand that not every process is going to work for you. Not every piece of information is going to be built for you. And, and I think that's what people are trying to do is you're trying to take a square peg and put it in a round hole. Understand that you're a round hole. Understand that you need round information. And maybe take some of the square principles applied to your life um, but also, yeah, it, I think this conversation can go on a complete tangent, but I mean, the, the whole point of it is, you know, be very cognizant of the information that you're taking in, be cognizant of the network that you have and do what's comfortable for you. Like, don't try to be something that you're not meant to be or that you don't want to be. Because again, yep. you know, I was chatting with a mate the other day. If you don't want to be an entrepreneur and you become an entrepreneur, you're going to hate life. Hundred percent. If one hundred percent. If you're in corporate and you want to be an entrepreneur and you're pushing to be a corporate because you feel safe with the salary, it, you're going to become the CEO and you're going to be the worst CEO. Like Oaks are going to slay yep. you. They're going to say this Oak is the worst boss. Um, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you know if I can just sort of touch on that as well and elaborate on that. Um, I don't know. I'm sure many of your listeners and probably the two of you too either listen to or will have at least heard of Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, you know, he's someone that I've been listening to for a few years now, and I've really learned a lot from him. And I think he says it best, right? He says a couple of things. Number one. You have to be self-aware. End of story. My journey is not the same as your journey. It's not the same as the guy next door's journey. We're all on our own paths. We're all of our own journeys. Yes, there's probably a lot of overlap and, you know, you meet like-minded people, but you need to be self-aware and understand what your idea of success looks like. You know, if my idea of success is having a million rand in the bank account, that's my idea of success and that's what's going to make me feel successful. But to the person living next door, it might be, you know, if they can afford to go on a holiday once a month mm -hmm. for three or four days, that's their version of success. And that's ultimately what leads to them feeling fulfilled. So that's number one, is just being self-aware of 
What is it that drives you? What is it that makes you feel like you've achieved something in life? And what is it that you're chasing? Number two is understanding that, and I agree with you, you know, I think this is something I've always struggled a little bit with because at the end of the day, most people that think they want to be entrepreneurs, I can tell you straight up, are not entrepreneurs. And that's perfectly okay. The reason it bugs me is because I've known probably since the age of six, seven years old, my family will tell you stories where I've always known. This is, for me, this is the, the life I want to live. I need to be my own boss. I need to run my own business. I need to have an impact on people's lives. And I need to have a team of people under me at the end of the day. Um, and I think growing up, that's what I told everyone around me, you know, people in school didn't understand it at all. They, you know, everyone's going off and writing the NBTs and applying for varsity and doing this, that, and the next thing. And they're asking me what I'm going to do. And I'm saying, well, I'm not going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or, you know, anything like that. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And they say, well, what the hell is that? It doesn't make sense to them. Whereas now, um, the idea of being an entrepreneur is getting shoved down everybody's throats, 100% because of social media. You know, everyone follows some sort of motivated mindset page on Instagram or, you know, a quote page on Instagram or whatever. And it's all about building your dream life and success and this, that's the next thing. And everyone automatically associates this, that with running your own business, which isn't necessarily the case. Um, again, like Gary Vaynerchuk says, what is wrong with being the number two at Facebook or the number five at Google? you will be stupid rich. If you're not born to be an entrepreneur and you're meant for the corporate life, please understand that you can still achieve all sorts of financial goals and, you know, typical lifestyle success by being in the corporate world. Um, and you can be just as happy. Whereas, like you said, you know, if you're in a corporate position and you're just pushing because it's what feels safe, but you really ideally want to be an entrepreneur, um, you're never going to be happy in the corporate world. And that's me. You know, I've had everyone, my parents, um, family members, friends tell me, you know, go off and be an accountant, go off and do this, go off and do that. I mean, I've, I've always had the potential and the talents to go off in either one of those directions, but I've stayed true to who I am. Yes, I've, you know, maybe hit a couple of speed bumps along the way, taken a couple of detours, but ultimately my North Star has always remained being an entrepreneur and that's the direction I've been headed in, you know, throughout my entire existence. And I can safely say that I'll never, ever, ever um, stray away from that path. Yeah. And what people also need to be fully aware of, and you, you mentioned it there, and I think we, we don't throw enough caution to the wind on that, is a lot of people push their experiences of their life onto you or onto your network, yes. something like that. So an accountant's always going to tell you, go study accountancy because it's a safe role. And, uh, yeah. I don't, you know, all these various positions and that's what we need to be super aware of you know it's it's arguments i've had on linkedin and you know to this day people still can't answer me and they say you know you are the five people that you hang out with and stuff like that but that that argument can go either way because number one how do you find the five people that you should be hanging out with i'm not just going to go to richard branson and say like hey but listen you're a lack of oak i want to be your mate and he's going to be like oh wow i've been waiting for this linkedin message but then the converse is also in the network that you've got, you, you also have to be so careful of the advice that you get because it's something that can change your life forever. And especially for youngsters, because like you say, with, with LinkedIn, with Facebook, with Twitter, with Instagram, with all of this stuff, you're almost getting told who you need to be. And a lot of people that I'm chatting with, especially younger people, they, they don't know who they are. They're not confident in who they are. Yes. So if you know, I come and I say, hey, man, you have to be, a, I don't know, pharmaceutical engineer. And then they're like, okay, cool. Well, you're older than me. Yeah. And what on earth is that? Hat, and you're wearing a nice red shirt. You look like a legit guy, so I'm going to follow you. And I think yep. that's what you say is, and it ties into so much of what we're saying. Spend time alone. Meditate. Understand who you are as a person. Yes. Understand your strengths. Understand your weaknesses. Because the moment you're confident in your ability, you, like you say, you'll know what your North Star is and then you'll become super objective and subjective on the information you'll get. This applies to who I am. This yes. doesn't apply. This applies. This doesn't apply because I'm confident in who I am yes. and I know where I'm going. But the moment your boat's like a little bit like shaky, it doesn't matter what comes along. A little pebble will knock your boat and you'll be moved off of course. You know, and, and, I, and I think it, yeah, it's, it's so vital to, to be 100% confident in who you are as a person. 
Yes, yeah, you, you, self-awareness. Self-awareness is key. Honestly, it's, it's probably the first thing I ever heard uh, Gary Vaynerchuk say on his social media when I started following him like four or five years ago. And I promise you, he preaches it pretty much every week, even up until now. And it, it is 100% all that it's about is just self-awareness. Know who you are. Uh, know what it is that drives you, know what it is that is going to give you feeling fulfilled. And 100%, you're going to be influenced uh, you know, by those around you. But I think it's very important to understand that you never have to take what everyone else is saying as gospel. You never have to take it as, you know, that's the only way. Um, it's so vital to be able to take all of this information from all of those around you and then use your own brain, you know, to to sort of, formulate your own ideologies from all the all of the information you've taken in and figure out what sticks for you and then go pissed off that um yeah self-awareness for me key absolutely vital self-awareness cool yeah jared um what's next for jared what's next for level up media or you're looking at other businesses what's next yeah so top secrets actually but um i'm actually identified a uh a product from overseas literally on Friday night, Friday night, I identified a product from overseas that is not available in Southern, not available in Africa yet. Um, that I know is going to be an absolute hit. So I'm actually in the process of, uh, getting a business plan going around that. Um, more than likely going to be going into it with my, my dad, because he really loves the idea as well. And he's got a lot of contacts, uh, in the industry that I'll be going into. Um, so he'll bring a lot of value in that regard. Uh, very excited about it. Can't discuss much about it at all because I'm, I'm literally having to go through uh, patents and uh, trademarking and the whole shebang because it's got incredible potential. So I'm very excited about that. Um, but that's more of a sort of medium to long-term thing at the moment. Level Up Media, um, I'm at the stage where I'm looking to bring on one or two uh, employees part-time to try to help me out so that I can start to scale and grow the business. Um, like I said, I've been very blessed to this point that my clients have pretty much all come from, you know, either direct referrals um, from, from people that have networked with in the past. Uh, a couple of others have also come through just word of mouth from existing clients that have now branched off to their friends and family, and I've, I've secured that business. So I'm really excited to put my skill sets to use when it comes to marketing and actually apply it to my own business because I haven't had to do that yet. You know, you look at, you look at my business as a digital marketing agency and I haven't got my websites up and running yet. I don't have my social media up to date. I haven't run a single Facebook ad for myself. And um, these are all things that I was planning to do as soon as I started the business. And I'm very blessed that I get, but I'm, I'm very excited because I still want to do that. You know, I still want to put my skill set to use in my own business and see just how far I can push this and how far I can go. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's what's next. Just carry on growing Level Up Media in the direction that I want it to go. Carry on networking with like-minded people because at the end of the day, I'm still young. You know, I'm 25 years old. Um, I'm still in that stage of my life where I can take a few more risks. I can take on um, perhaps a, an increased workload and um, reap the rewards later in life. And um, yeah, just carry on hustling. Eh? Yeah, it's, it's like that age old saying, you know, when you get a good plumber coming to your house to do the, the pipes, he does an amazing job, but just don't go to his house because the pipes are all over the place. Eh? <laughs> Honestly, it's uh, <laughs> like, I, I never, ever, ever imagined that playing out like ever, you know, I, I like I say, as soon as I started the business, I immediately started thinking of, I mean, I've still got a whole to-do list of content generation ideas and videos that I want to record and how I want my website to look and this, that, and the next thing, marketing budget that I've put aside. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's actually shocking that I haven't done any of that yet. Like I said, it's, it's because I'm luckily in the position that I haven't had to yet. Um, but I do sit there thinking, you know, how much money have I left on the table in the sense that how many people, how much bigger could my business have been right now if people actually heard of me and they saw that I have a well put together website, if they, you know, found out about my business through ads or whatever the case is, you know, how much bigger could Level Up Media be right now if I perhaps brought, you know, if I had investments, as an example, Steve, you know, like you touched on having investors, if I had investments and I immediately knew that, okay, Jared, you've reached X amounts of clients, now's the time to bring people onto the team to handle those clients so you can continue growing your business straight off the bat. Um, if I was able to do that, then I'd probably, you know, be, be sitting with a much larger company at this stage. 
Um, but I think, you know, because everything's been self-financed and because it's all been through lockdown and COVID and all of that, it's probably had to be a little bit slower than I maybe would have liked. Um, although it has been growing month on month, but um, I, I'm starting to feel that now's the time where things are really just going to explode to the next level, which I'm so excited about. Like really can't wait. Well, that's good to still see that you're doing the calculated risks as we call it. Um, yeah, so that's going to be us on this podcast. Jared, thanks so much um, for joining us and for the great chat. Jared, where can people reach out for you? Can they reach out to you on your LinkedIn profile? Do you have an email address just in case anyone that listens want to reach out to you? Yeah, well, yeah, 100%. Look, first of all, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, big ups to you for doing what you're doing with the podcast. Um, it's something that it's on my to-do list, believe it or not, is eventually start my own podcast because between this and video, that's where uh, branding and content creation is at the moment, and that's where it will continue to be for the next few years. So, uh, yeah, I wish you every success with that. Um, yeah, if people want to find me, it's at Jared Laros, J-A-R-R-E-D-L-A-R-O-S on all social media platforms. That's my handle. Um, otherwise, just Jared at levelupmedia.co.za. Yeah, Jared, thanks so much, man. And have, uh, have a thanks, good one. Shouts, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great evening.